0: Hello, citizens! Welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. And this is the show that never, ever wondered what it would be like if Mean Girls had superheroes. I was not curious. I was not either. And And yet... And yet, here we are. This is the show that could have waited probably another hundred. (laughs) You're right, we rushed this one. How dare I? It's weird, we never come in this hot on a movie. No, we don't. No matter how bad it is. Uh, this Even one Spawn. Uh, Spawn we thought was going to be good, and then we watched it. Yeah. <laughs> That's unfortunate. You know, this and Spawn share a, a certain thing. Yeah, they do. A certain genus, ne sais quoi, I think they call it. I thought oh, so it was- Leguizamo. I was going to say, I thought That's it was what pronounced Leguizamo. Sorry, I said it as bad as Ginger Skull Dave Novak does. <laughs> Leguizamo? what? <laughs> lake Wasama. <laughs> which is some sort of mysterious lake. Today we are talking about Kick-Ass 2 from 2013. Written and directed by famous famous director director. (laughs) Jeff Wadlow. Yeah. Famously not named Matthew Vaughn. That is not Matthew Vaughn. Correct. Who's, I don't know, probably busy doing 100 different Kingsman movies or something. The recent announcement is seven different ones are coming. That's a bold plan. It is. Just lay out like that. Be like, what if the fourth one just flops entirely and you can't get funding anymore? So the first two. Pretty good. Pretty good. Does that warrant having, I don't know, a total of nine in your series? I guess, maybe, maybe not. Probably not. I don't know. Does he think this is the new Star Wars? I'm happy to think it's the new Kick-Ass. Oh. <laughs> we we have enough of that. We sure do now. We're good. We're kick out. It has exactly 100 episodes since we recorded Kick-Ass 1. Right. So, happy anniversary, Yay. I guess. Yay. Have you seen this thing before you had to watch it for this? No. Okay. This is my my first viewing of this movie. Mine too. What yeah. are your thoughts? Just uh, outright. Oh. Uh. <laughs> It was rough. There are some things I like, but overall, not a fan. Okay. We're in the same exact boat. Yeah. Yay. Woohoo. <laughs> what a boat to be in with famous director Jeff Wadlow. Who the hell is this guy? He's done like six movies. Okay. That's F- a lot. Before this, he did Never Back Down. Of course. Which is that like MMA movie? Yeah. With the guy that I've never heard of? That's, That's correct. Correct. Oh, that is right. And then he did the, oh, he did the Netflix movie with, with Kevin James, True Memoirs of an International Assassin. Okay. So that, you know, that's nice that they let him do that. That's good that they let him have words on a paper and, and then the gave last... him a camera and an actor and said, go, good. Yeah, actor. Yeah? Oh, f- hey, no, Kevin, Kevin James. James. is is a treasure. Sometimes, yeah. Half the time, he's a treasure. I were, uh, 60% of the time. 60% of the time, every time. Every time he's Paul a Blart. Is amazing. I don't care what you say. I've never seen Paul I've Blart. never seen Paul Bart. Never seen Wasn't it. Wasn't he also The Zookeeper? Was that? Him? Oh, I think you're right. Wow. Well, there you go. Is Kevin James ever going to show up on this show, is the real question. I don't think he is. Only if we invoke him on Patreon, I think. Sorry, Kevin James. You're just not ever going to come on the show. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't figured out my March pick yet. I'm just going to keep talking about Kevin James until you stop me. Oh, we'll to talk then. about Kick Ass, too. Well, he, he's done two other movies recently With? Truth or Dare. Okay. And Fantasy Island, which are both movies that are relatively recent that I haven't heard of. Famous director Jeff Wadlow. There he is. Just want to get into this thing, please. We might as well. The faster we get in, the faster we get out. I like the way you're thinking there. Boom. We begin, as we always do, with our main character getting shot in the chest. Yeah. Kind of loving it. Yeah, no, it's great. And I wish beginning and done, like a foreign film. Bam. Artsy. (laughs) Oh, look, he got shot. That's the end. That's right. Well, no, he's the one who's kind of loving it, which is weird. Eventually, he's loving it. It's cool, though, because Dave Lazuski, played by Aaron Taylor Johnson once again, is wearing a bulletproof vest when Mindy McCready, played by Chloe Grace Moretz, once again, shoots him. You have to have three names to be in this movie. Correct. It's the law. Dave is like, that was awesome, but don't shoot me again. And as he walks away, she shoots him in the back. Yeah, because comedy. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. Isn't it funny? It's the funniest. I love comedy. Comedy is the funniest. (laughs) So it's been about 100 episodes. I mean, four years since the last Kick-Ass, the events of the last Kick-Ass movie. Mindy now lives with her father's former partner, Marcus, who's played by Morris Chestnut now, instead of the guy who played him in the last movie. He was different, wasn't he? He was different. I was going to say, like, I don't remember this Marcus. This is a different Marcus. A new Marcus. Right? Call him new Marcus. Can we? Yeah. From now on. Sure. But she's been secretly cutting school to continue fighting crime as Hit Girl. Right. Breaking all the rules. Well, not really, because she's like, I hacked the system, and I gave myself perfect attendance. Like, that's not how it works. Yeah, you can't just- I know in school, every single time I sat down in any class, they'd be like, Dave, I'd be like, here. Present. And you don't just hack a system, and you're all golden then. Maybe she's got a a robot that she hacked that says here for her in every class. (laughs) Dave has gone back to just being a regular dude, but he's insanely bored. Even with his friends Marty, Clark Duke is back, and right? isn't Clark Duke a treasure? He is uh, a Clark Duke, he that's is, for sure. He's less Clark Dukey in this movie. Because he's, uh, he has a role now, Yeah, and it's to not be Clark Duke sometimes. And that's a problem. Is it? Because he's Clark Duke. Yeah. And, and I don't know man, if he knows how to turn off Clark Duke. This was a breath of fresh air for me. Really? Yeah. Oh. I didn't realize that I needed- more Clark Duke, the person, and less Clark Duke, the person. Okay. I think I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And his other friend, Todd, who's no longer Evan Peters. Correct. He's now Augustus Prue. New Marcus, and this is new Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if they just asked Morris Chess not to fill in there, too? That'd it's be like, amazing. We need you to be the new young white best friend. That would be All the right. kind of tone this movie should have taken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, fellow kids. One of those. Yeah. Yeah. Need more of that in movies. More Buscemi in general. That's a good point, actually. Man's a hero. He is. He should be in all the movies he wants to be in. That's true. Dave's brief stint as kick-ass has inspired other people to go around dressed dress as superheroes. Even though he's not doing it anymore, everybody's like, well, let's do the thing that he did for reasons. Yeah, why wasn't he Kickass anymore? I don't know. And then why did he become Kickass again? I guess it was his senior year and he was like, I should focus on... Not being kick ass for a minute and then go back to being kick ass for another minute. <laughs> I don't know. They don't give him a reason. Usually you say, because the script told it so. Oh, is that? Sorry. Line. <laughs> because the script told him so. Yeah, this, uh, he stops being kick ass. Then he's like, in the same opening monologue, but now I need to be kick ass. Yeah. Okay. Great. Cool. Good job, Dave. <laughs> We're proud of you. He asked Mindy to help him continue training to become a good fighter like she is, which means, She subjects him to a lot of beatings and bullets to the chest. But she loves. But she's like, excellent. Three minutes later, get to see the opening scene all over again. Yeah. Well, thank God they did that flashback. Just what I almost forgot. Jeff Waldlow said, I got you, boo. And I said, Jeff, don't call me boo. Yeah, Jeff, we we hardly know each other. (laughs) I'm I'm not even familiar with your body of work. (laughs) The hero formerly known as Red Mist, Chris D'Amico, played by Christopher Mintz-Plass. Again, three names. He lives with his mom, who's Yancy Butler. She's back. We don't have a new, new mom. Right, it's old mom. Old mom. And his bodyguard slash driver slash friend of the show, John Leguizamo. Yeah, Javier, our best friend, our best friend. I love this mom so much, mostly because she sounds straight out of Sopranos. She whenever sure does. she says Christopher, Christopher, hey Christopher, Christopher. <laughs> Chris wants to get revenge against Kickass for killing his father. You know, with the bazooka, that whole thing. Yeah. When his mom removes a news report about kickass from the DVR, Chris kind of loses his shit and throws a tantrum and he kicks his mom's tanning bed with her inside and it breaks and it kills her. Yeah. And that's it's going to be a rap on uh on Yancy Butler. Yeah, you would think that that would be a really good tone setter for this movie you because would think. that was actually pretty damn funny. It was. I enjoy, I was like, ha. uh could you imagine if they were that shoddily made? <laughs> Can you imagine if Christmas Platts had, had any leg strength at all? And he could, <laughs> he could actually dent it even? Yeah. Not, nonetheless, break it? That, again, amusing thought. <laughs> I think we called him Christmas, the first movie. I think you're right. It's appropriate now in December. We can call him Christmas. We can. It is the Christmas season. It is. I'll, I'll say Merry Christmas. That's hard to say. <laughs> the Christmas season. That would be like the worst thing in the world to see, though. It's like a commercial. You're sitting there watching the game on Sunday. Yeah. And like you get the Ferrero Rocher, like the stack of the. Those the hazelnut, the fanciest goodies. chocolates in existence. And then after, you just have a guy come, come eat my crisps, my eat them, put <laughs> ew, put ew. my crisps in your in your mouth. Uh, that's you so, slut. That's so... I'd imagine he calls everyone a slut. He seems like the kind of guy who would do that, but I think that's just characters he's always playing. What else he could he seems he play, like a nicer though? guy. I don't. Is I don't know anything about him outside of. I don't his... know. That whole idea just seems so place. Oh God. I'm good now. Uh, that's been the show for go. forever. I did it. <laughs> We ended on the perfect joke. That's it. We cannot go higher nor lower. <laughs> We've done it. We found the, the perfect middle ground <laughs> of obnoxious humor. Oh God. It's a Christmas Platz Pla- I don't know how you say it. Why can't they just have one name like Cher? Like, or Madonna. That would be so much easier on me personally. I mean shit, I'll call him just Aaron. That's all I want. Like you you're that's enough. n you're now Aaron to me. Yeah. You did it. Aaron. <laughs> like, oh, him. Quicksilver. Oh, I've seen nice. Aaron. He's been All right. things. Yeah. Get rid of the TJ. We don't need it. I agree. So, Chris oh, I thought is... you were going with the TJ Miller. Oh, yeah. No. Like, I agree. We don't need that. I just meant the Taylor Johnson at the end of Aaron. Fair enough. Yeah. Chris is putting away his mom's belongings after her funeral when Javier comes across a pair of guns that she owned and some S&M gear of hers, including anal beads, because that's the actual tone this movie's going to take. Yes. That is exactly it. Uh and Chris is weirdly interested in the outfit. Yeah, like out of nowhere. Yeah, too. he's just like, I need that. Right. And Javier's like, this get a freak. Right. It's like he's got an edible complex, but it's like sexy, but not <laughs> at all. Very unsexy. Yeah. Mostly because it's Christmas. That's a good point. And a dead mom. And a dead mom. And yeah, no, there's nothing sexy about this I at all. I can't to say this. Poor Leguizamo. Poor Legwizama. I actually really like him in this movie too. I do too. I think he's one we'll get of there, the best actually. parts of this movie. We're gonna get there. I agree. Mindy puts Dave's training to the test by having him walk around a dangerous part of the city dressed as a pimp. This is proper Kramer with the Technicolor dream coat. Oh, Walking yes, it around, is. and he says like, "I'm the whitest pimp you know," or whatever. It's like I didn't know I needed that show in my life. <laughs> the pimp. You- I would watch <laughs> the whitest pimp you know. How great would that be? Better than this. Fair enough. <laughs> He's followed by a group of four thugs who harass him with homophobic slurs, but Dave starts to take them on, doing pretty well, until, you know, they, <laughs> they gang up on him, because there's four of them. Right. One of them pulls a knife on him, and he's like, he looks like he's going to kill him, and then Mindy interferes, but she's dressed up as hit girl. She single-handedly takes out all of them, ending with her slicing the hand off the lead guy. Yeah, she says that if you ever try to steal a gun gonna cuff your hand, and he's like, okay, I won't, and then she's just like, pants on fire. So I'm trying out new lines. Yeah. And this made me go, you've grown up a little too much for this role to be charming anymore. (laughs) Yep. It was charming when you were calling people the C word. Right. Weirdly enough. When you were like 12. And now, I hate it. Yeah. I really can't get behind it. There's nothing enjoyable about when she tries to be quippy. No, it's pretty bad. And she even knows it, which is the worst part about it. Yeah. But I feel like this whole scenario is just a setup for her to kick some ass, for us to watch it. They're not even hiding that. The police show up, so Mindy has to run. Marcus over here is on the radio, someone fitting a description of Hit Girl, and he's like, oh, this bitch. So he calls Mindy, and she's like, no, I'm homesick from school. Right. He's like, I know you were supposed to get the perfect attendance award today, but you weren't there to get it. That's irony. Ooh. Ham-fisted irony. Right. And she's like, no, I'm in bed. So she rushes home on her motorcycle. Right. And let's talk about the music right away in this thing. There was music? Yeah. Oh. There's no reason why it should have been oom bow bow. bow bow, It was day bow bow? bow? Yeah. Was it really? No! No. But this is pretty much a Ferris Bueller scenario entirely. Oh yeah, of course it is. Running through backyards and shit like that, climbing up and gets oh god, it's so stupid and makes me angry. It makes me want to watch (laughs) Ferris Bueller more. And I don't even care for that movie most of the time. (laughs) Ah, Hot take. I don't really care for Ferris Bueller sometimes. Interesting. Yeah, I got to be in sometimes. the mood for it. Yeah, sometimes I very much care for it and I think it's a masterpiece. Well, there you go. And there's other times I'm like, watching, I'm just like, this is not what I want right now. This is frustrating. I feel like a lot of things you got to be in the mood for. Like kick-ass too. Or you have to be forced into it because you haven't talked about it in 100 episodes. There is that. And no one but a gun to our head. And that's a shame. That means it's on us. Yeah, really. this is this is entirely on us. Whoops. So Mindy makes it home before Marcus, and she's in bed, and she nearly fools him, but she's got a little bit of blood in her cheek, and he's like, is that blood? She's like, yeah. So he pulls the covers off her, and she's still wearing her costume, because she just barely made it home yep. in time. So he's like, all right, you got to be done being a Hit Girl, because the late, great Nick Cage wanted you to listen to me. And she's like, shit, you're right. He well, did. I'm pretty sure. So I guess I'm done. What Nick Cage said in the first one, I want to get the, the quote correct. Stop being Hit Girl, child! Nailed it. Nailed it. I don't know that there's a D at the end of Child, though. I think you're right. <laughs> you can try again I No, want. I had to get around the copyright of it. Sure. I don't want to get in trouble with, with the Coppolas of the cages or whatever they are today. As long as it's not Christopher Coppola. No, then we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Famous director of G-Men from Hell. Somehow we've brought that up in almost every episode we've done since that episode. I think I secretly like it. Still. I think it's grown on me. Yeah, which is a weird one. It's very... like after Immediately after watching it, I was like, no... But since then, I go, do I want to watch it again? I don't. And that's the thing. I'm good because I'm just like, man. Well, the answer's never been yes. (laughs) But- In my head, I'm just like, do I ever want to sit down and watch that thing again? The question has come up. But you know what? The memory, that's what I'm keeping in my heart. Sure. Of G-Men from hell. The memory of G-Men from hell will live on forever in your heart. Right. It's going to burn in my heart like the son of a thousand bitches. (laughs) That was so dumb. <laughs> I just watched Kick-Ass 2. I loved it. I need to remind you of that. Dave finds Mindy at school the next day. I'm like you're just going to push forward? Yeah. That's the right move. Yeah. Dave finds Mindy at school the next day, and she apologizes for nearly getting him killed. And then she tells him that she's done being Hit Girl. Right. And he's like, a what? Right. It's like, first he trained was like, in a quick montage. How dare you walk out Fright, on me? Right. you made that montage for not? <laughs> of course, they're never- secretive about any of their conversations like when they're just being totally loud in the back of a cab talking about being hit girl and kick-ass yeah no idea who the driver is yeah no well now they're in the middle of school just saying no she's like i'm done with everything and right everybody who overhears them thinks that mindy is breaking up with dave right which is actually a nice touch i like it quite a bit until until <laughs> dave's girlfriend katie Lindsay fonseca shows up i don't know what that why the table just shook I watched your hands. They're, they're the, not moving. The opposite of a Favreau salute. That's right. It's, it's the under. Did we ever name that? I think we didn't. I don't. Was really it the Ron plug. Jeremy salute? I hope not. The I hope in not. Jail too. Now. Is he? Yeah. Uh, I'm not. For guess what, Brian? For guess what he did? What did he do? What do you think? Was it bad? Yeah. You know, he was like a sexual deviant on screen. Yeah. Believe it or not. No. Not Ron <laughs> Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have Google alert set for him, so I I didn't get yeah, the I news. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> So, Katie Zuma, in a move that is totally unlike her character from the last movie, just dumps him on the spot without yeah. listening to anything he says and then says, Oh, yeah, I've been with this other guy who's got a way bigger baton than Kick Ass. And by baton, I mean penis. I mean penis. Yeah, we know. We got it, Katie. Thank you. So, realistically, she's cheating on Dave the whole time. And it's like, Yeah. What but is she dreaming about any of now this? Now she's mad because maybe he might have been cheating with Hit Girl. But, I mean, she just told him to go kick rocks. Yeah, she did. She basically said, like, the time has come, the time is now. Marvin K. Mooney, will you please go now? <laughs> so Dave went, because he had no choice. Uh, he had And then no Katie came over, and she made him go also. It's getting ridiculous. It's It is getting ridiculous. And also, like, I get that Lindsay Fonseca wasn't available for the whole movie. There are other ways to write a character off. There are. There are. I mean, she's still doing that press tour from How I Met Your Mother, probably. Well, she's still waiting for him to finish the fucking story. (laughs) When did that story end? Was it 2014, maybe? Was it that long ago? It definitely was that long ago. Wow. I think so. I know it was like nine seasons. Yeah. Which is entirely too long. Yeah. Yeah. It's an okay show. I'm very upset that I never got to hear, uh, what's his name, Ted Mosby grow up into Bob Saget. Still blows my mind. I was just waiting the whole How time, it was just like never happened. When is he going to become Bob Saget? I don't know, because that's the voice. That's yeah, yeah, It's the world's mystery. Really, that's what we're all going to try to figure out. We got to see Ben Savage grow into Daniel Stern. Realistically, that's like National Treasure three. I'd imagine it involves like time travel and Ted yeah. Mosby growing up into Bob Saget. I would have gone with like Face Off two. Oh, don't tease me with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Bob Saget and whoever the guy is who oh, played God Ted Mosby. Josh Radner. Yes, Radner. I can, can never remember you imagine Face-Off 2 with Nick Cage and Josh Radner? It would be so annoying. Oh, God. Watch that. <laughs> Listen here, Ted. Uh, if they based it off a comic book movie, we would, apparently. Yes. <laughs> We'd have to. Gun out to our head. Ah, uh, 100 episodes later. guns to our heads. Well, maybe not. I don't know. We're getting to that point where we probably should have a gun to our head for some of these choices. So we have an excuse That's true. And it's not just on us. Yeah, the Ebert list just keeps looking longer and longer (laughs) the more we do things that are not on it. Right. So Dave goes out on the town as kick-ass. He's like, all right, fine. Everybody's going to leave me. I'm just going to be kick-ass. Right. And he receives a warm welcome back to New York? Is that where they are? Sometimes, when the green (laughs) screen tells him so. Yeah. um, But he feels all alone without Hit Girl as his partner, apparently. So he reaches out to some other costume citizens like Dr. Gravity, played by Donald fucking Faison. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was so fired up when I saw him. I had no idea he was in this. And when he showed up, I was like, Turk, that's Turk. That's Turk. Diabetes and all. Yeah. Hey, I actually have an actual IMDb trivia fact for you. You know what? I'm happy. Go ahead. Donald Faison came up. In the comic, for the 1st Kickass. Dave states that he likes the television series Scrubs. Ah! In this film... Doctor Gravity is played by Donald Faison, who also plays Turk in Scrubs. I love it. There you That's go. the best fact you ever given. I, you know what? I'm gonna leave it on that. Then no more actual IMDb trivia facts for this episode. I don't believe you. Believe it. I wouldn't do that to you. In this movie, Doctor Gravity claims to be a physics professor. He's not, and he has a weapon that levitates objects. It doesn't. It's a baseball bat wrapped in tinfoil. Yep, it looks great. But they walk the streets together, and, and ass is attacked by two randos for YouTube views. And he fights back with the help of Dr. Gravity, and then they send the thugs away, and Dr. Gravity's like, hey, do you want to be a part of a superhero team? Kick-Ass is like, eagle! Eagle! Ah, because it's team-up night. We're gonna do it right. Is that steak night? It's awfully close. It's the world's best meat. It is. We all know that. At the same time, Chris has donned his mother's S&M gear and fashioned himself a supervillain costume. Hold on, hold on. Uh, Pour another drink. That's a good idea. Because this is actually the dumbest thing that we've seen on this show in 109 episodes. This, to me, yeah. is the dumbest thing. We almost need to invent a new Jeff Wadlow salute. I'd rather not, because then we'd have to remember this and remember him. At least John Favreau contributed to the world That's true. in a way. That's true. Jeff Wadlow. Jeff Wadlow. He needs to be forgotten for forever. The thing is, he didn't come up with this. Mark Miller did? Mark Miller did. Okay, it is Miller. I had to look up the pronunciation. I mean, I told you. Yeah, I don't believe you most of the time. Just <laughs> like, I don't believe there's not another IMDb trivia fact coming. But Fine. It's Miller. He's Scottish. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate for him, really, but. It's also unfortunate for Christopher Mintz Plats. Yes. Plats? Christmas. Christmas. Uh, he fashions himself a supervillain costume, and he calls himself the motherfucker. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. It gets worse. Yep. But we'll get there. Yep. The motherfucker. Yep. Wearing his mother's s and gear. Yes. Gross. Yes. Want to know what bothers me most about this costume, and it's one of the first things I thought of? What? You don't see the anal beads. Oh, no. I didn't think of that, <laughs> and now I can't think of anything yep. else. <laughs> Sorry. You son of a bitch. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, no. Sorry. Chris Mints. There you go. Maybe that's why he's so angry this whole movie. He's What's shoved up your ass? <laughs> his first act as a villain is to try and spread the word of his crimes by robbing a convenience store, but he's pissed off when he finds out the store doesn't have any security cameras. Right! I love this old man. The old man that comes into the store and he's like, you're just going to hit yourself in the face with a kickback if you keep holding the gun like that, you idiot. Not going to hit yourself in the face with a gun like that. You're not. i fired enough guns. You're not. But then he did. But and it well, was funny. Because it's film. If anything, he's going to get bit. That would hurt. You never have you ever gotten slide bit? No, it sucks. I got big hands, so whenever sure. I hold something small like that, my hand sits a little too high up. So after you fire, and the slide goes back and comes mm. forward, it'll catch you right between the, the thumb and your pointer. In the and it hurts. It sucks. The webby there. Yeah, my webs. Learn how to hold it. Don't get lazy. Don't don't be don't have big hands holding small guns cocked in the fucking gangster style. It's a kill, kill shot. Kill shot. Kill shot. It's a kill shot. <laughs> I love date night. It's a very good movie. It was entertaining. <laughs> Chris Mintz decides that since there's no security camera, he's got to do something. He starts shooting the drinks. coolers that are there. He's just like, these drinks look like they need to be shot. Right. I don't know why. I, I don't know. Maybe that's more likely to make the news. Uh, maybe. I don't like, know. There's been a Gatorade shortage at this one specific convenience store. Here's the story here at 10. Whatever. whatever. <laughs> 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 uh, and then I guess he decides to just go the presidential route. And he tweets about the stuff he did. Yep. That's what you do. Take credit for- Nothing. Really. Really? I shot up that drink cooler. <laughs> yeah. Marcus, deciding that Mindy needs to live a normal life as a teenage girl, takes her to a slumber party, and I want to know how he got this connection. I have no idea. Um, but it's it's the school's most popular girl, Brooke. Sure. Played by Claudia Lee, who is sure. an actress. Yes. Brooke and her friends barrage Mindy with questions about what she's done with boys, because that's what this movie's gonna do. Now it is. And then they put on a music video from the boy band Union J, which makes Mindy feel things. It makes everybody feel things. They all feel things. Right, which is actually a pretty funny joke. How she's at this like tough exterior. Yeah. And the second she starts like playing, she's like, oh boy. I, l- oh, I actually dear. <laughs> liked the line at the end where she's like, What the fuck was that? Yeah. I was like, okay. That's pretty funny. Also entirely unnecessary. Yep. <laughs> but this whole plot is. This whole plot. Is And it gets even worse because then they're like, we want to do a makeover on you. We want to go to this party or whatever. They're like, we're going to make you a strong, independent woman. Like, directly after turning you into whatever that was. A puddle. A puddle puddle of gross. Of underage gross. Of underage gross. Yes, that's correct. She is 15 while they film this movie. I don't care for this. No. Not a good look. No. No. They don't need to sexualize her. No. Like, at all. There's no reason to. She was a... a baby in the last movie yeah now they're saying doing? oh you've never been kissed it's like uh, I, I've kicked some ass though Does that count yeah, it's Like I've killed several people yeah what have, have you, you done <laughs> uh, then they all go and they sniff bath bath salts yep as you do As you know typical high school party slumber party with the mean girls of course I can't believe that it took this turn I was actually never expecting to see any of this in a kick ass movie and here we are and yet yeah that evening, Kickass joins Dr. Gravity at a meeting place for the new team of superheroes known as Justice Forever. Fine. Totally Let, fine. It is led by a former mafia hitman turned born-again Christian superhero, Colonel Stars and Stripes. Jim fucking Carey. Jimothy fucking Carey? Right. I still can't believe James Carey's in this movie. I didn't like, know. Out of all the people in the world who can be in this movie, James is the last one. James and the not-so-giant role. That's correct. Seven minutes and some odd seconds. 45, I believe. Whatever. Less than eight minutes. Correct. And yet. Here we are. Heavily featured in every trailer. Yeah, and. To the point where I was like, oh, it's Jim Carrey's in this movie. Right, and heavily featured uh, during the promotion of this movie. Uh, what? Against his will. Okay. Because he is in, like heavily featured in the trailers and on the posters and whatnot. Yes. And he very, very famously spoke out against this movie. Yeah. Yeah, he did. We'll get there. We will get there. Also joining them is Night Bitch, played by Lindy Booth, a young woman who started fighting crime after her sister was murdered. Remembering Tommy, which is a husband and wife duo who named themselves after their son who disappeared and they never found him. Insect Man, a gay hero who doesn't wear a mask because he feels he has nothing to hide. I love that. That's very good. And Battle Guy, who is really Marty. Clark Duke. Clark Duke as Battle Guy, faking an origin story to sound cool. That right there is the movie I want to see. The Battle Guy movie? Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. I would watch a Battle Guy yep. movie. Battle Guy would not fight anybody. He would just be on Twitter trying to like build a story for the most part. Yeah. The whole time. It'd be so good. I like that a lot, actually. Dave recognizes Marty, and he calls him out immediately. He's like, hey, what, you, what is this nonsense about your parents <laughs> being dead? And he has to explain to the whole group, he's like, all right, I made it up because I wanted to fit in with you guys. They just eat it all up. They're like, yeah, all right, yeah, fine, okay. whatever. And then, of course, Dave is like, well- I guess I can tell you that I'm Dave, since we're all fucking here. Right, since one person here knows me, I might as well say I it. might as well reveal everybody, here is my identity. Together, Justice Forever patrols the streets of the city, performing good deeds, like volunteering at soup kitchens. Proper good deeds. They did, yeah. I was like, this is all right. I really like that, because that actually took a real tone to me. You know, yeah. This isn't just, they're going to go out there and fight and jump around and beat people up with a club super They're going like, to actually try to make a difference. Right, they want to do good. Yeah. I really like it. And him. they're led by by James Carey, who is who wants them to do good. He's I like love his character actually. It's amazing. He is so like reserved for the most part. Yes. So smart and on top and caring. And this is a James Carey that and, yeah, I think we need to see more of. You're all getting Jimothy Carey doing like a proper accent too. It's so good. Wild. He is unbelievable in this movie. Wild. For the little bit that he's in it. Yeah. Dave and Knight bitch start hooking up. For reasons. I mean, you call it hooking up, I call it fucking in a bathroom. Yeah. Look at their up. masks, with the mask Oh yeah, leave the mask on. Still on? Yeah. That's how you do it? That's the Christmas style. For protection, right? No, that's <laughs> not how that works. <laughs> uh, Todd tries to join with a wetsuit of his own, taking on the name Ass Kicker. It's just the reverse color suit. Yep. Of kick ass. And they well, call it's... him out on that saying, like, what are you doing? It's like a wetsuit that he or not even it's like a like a spandex suit that he sewed together himself instead of <laughs> right. the wetsuit that that kick ass has. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't call him like Wa-Kick-Ass or something like that, just because it is just the opposite. Yeah, Wa ass. I like that. Just a big old W on on his chest instead of whatever. Be like a backwards K. Yeah. That's what it would be. Sure. Could do that. Only Wario <laughs> has a W. Right. Okay. I want to make sure that's established. But you, you named that. him Wa Kickass. I guess Waluigi, yeah, okay. Waluigi's got the- the... So you're saying the naming is lazy, not the logo? Yeah, realistically. Okay. There was thought put into one part of it. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot less thought put into Waluigi, obviously. Well, I mean, he's the Luigi of the Waz. Right, right. And they had to stop at Wapich because they're like, okay, so we'll call her Wap for short. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. We went (laughs) too far. (laughs) That right there is what fanboys dream of, I'm sure. Ugh, oh, gross. Yeah. Gross. Yes. Dave and Marty mock Todd, new Todd, for wearing basically the Kick-Ass costume and trying to name himself Kick-Ass. And then he gets mad and he leaves. Yeah. Chris decides that he needs to train so he can fight against Kickass, going as far as to hire Chuck Liddell. As he calls him, that pussy Chuck Liddell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> then he gets his ass kicked by Daniel Kaluuya. Daniel fucking Kaluuya. Holy shit, he's in this movie. I didn't know he was in this movie. This movie is stacked. It really is. Which is so unfortunate. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, Jeff Wadlow forever just going, where do I go from here? I've already directed all these, <laughs> these famous people and now nobody will do anything with me. Instead of getting upset, Chris decides he's going to hire Daniel Kaluuya to become part of his supervillain team. Right, he's going to he, pay top dollar. Top dollar. And he names him Black Death. And Javier's like, "Hey, that's racist," which I think is a great bit. I think it's a very good bit. Leguizamo's the best part of this movie. He is, and we're not even to full Leguizamo in my mind. We are not. It's so good. At school, Brooke takes Mindy to try out for the dance team because this needs to keep going. Yeah, this whole character arc that we just don't need. You could call it an arc. It's more like a flat line. I mean, it, it might be a full circle. That's pretty fair. No, 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 no. Because that means it goes on eternally, and this thing definitely ended. But it ended where it started. So, like, I'm like 359 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> but backwards, not forwards. Uh, sure, Brian. Sure. I don't know. Are you a physics teacher? Definitely not. Neither is Donald fucking Faison. So, this That's all true. pays off. Brooke, of course, does some sort of hypersexualized dance routine. And then it's Mindy's turn. And she visualizes a fight as Hit Girl against a group of ninjas. Right. It's like this movie said. We need action somewhere. Somewhere in this high school scene of of Mindy not being Hit Girl. We need her to be Hit Girl. Yep. So she fights off the imaginary ninjas, which somehow passes as dance moves, and everybody's super impressed by her. I don't get it. And Brooke looks lame AF. Wow. Yeah. We're going to have to slap the E on this episode. I know. <laughs> Dave and Marty go off in their superhero costumes to join Colonel Stars and Stripes and Night Bitch. To catch a man named Mr. Kim. Benedict fucking Wong. Yeah. What the hell is he doing in this movie? I don't know. Okay. He's being Benedict Wong. This thing is stacked. Stacked? I thought we were done. No! And we weren't. Uh, no! Mr. Kim runs a prostitution ring with girls and even children from his village. Which is, you know, not not a thing that you like. No, it's bad, in fact. It's very bad. Colonel Stars and Stripes busts the bouncer up, storms in with the other three heroes. Taking out Kim's gangsters together. Right. Teamwork makes the dream work. Makes the dream work. Justice they, forever. This ain't no soup kitchen. No. When asked where the girls are, Kim refuses to comply. So Colonel Stars and Stripes brings in his dog Eisenhower to bite Kim's balls. Yep, because that's what has to happen. There we are. It's, it's this type of movie. We, we did it. We're in the movie now. Yep. James Carey's line where he's like, yeah, there's a dog on your balls. Improv. That's very good, though. It is. I'm going to give it to him. Actually, I think my favorite thing of the improv in this movie is before they go in when he's like, try to have fun, everybody. Oh, God. I love that, actually, quite a bit. Otherwise, what's the point? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's a good line. There's no way famous director Jeff Wadlow wrote it. No way. <laughs> so Colonel Stars and Stripes threatens to shoot Kim in the head until he finally tells them where the girls are, and then they're, they're upstairs. That's it? Yep. They could have just gone searching while this guy's tied up. Yeah. What's he going to do? No. Well, we got to have a dog chewing his balls. Okay. That type of movie. For humor. That's what it's called. That's right. So Justice Forever frees the girls and gives them $50,000 from, from Kim's poker game. Yep. And sends them on their way. Right. Th- there you go. What is the point of any of this movie? <sighs> I don't know. We need to have action in the middle somehow. Is that what we're calling it? Action? <sighs> I mean... It is slightly it was a, it action-like. Was a it was a beat-em-up. It was a beat-em-up. I don't know. This movie just do- does so many things. It's like, oh, this is what I want. Oh, this is even farther what I don't want. (laughs) Yeah. It's like one step forward and 900 steps back. It's a lot of steps back. Yeah. It's a lot of walking. Yeah, and I don't think your Fitbit's going to appreciate all that. Especially not backwards. But go forward. Go forward. Go forward. I I count them all, but I'll know. Uh, I'll know. I'll know. Chris continues recruiting villains for his team with Javier's help. He adds three more villains to his ranks. The Tumor, Genghis Carnage, and a hulking blonde Russian ex-KGB woman who allegedly ate her cellmate whom he names mother russia i love this so much and this is my favorite leguizamo like, because this makes him look like he's like a manager and yeah. a super villain yeah and christmas even says he's like oh you're like my alfred he's like did you just call me the fucking butler like, he's a, that's, I, that's not a compliment no but i love the thought of someone who needs like a manager in order to organize this super team yeah for the most part yeah and i also love how he's coming up with all these names to which John Leguizamo is even saying, he's like, dude, those are stereotypes. You got to stop doing to which, the racist names. Well, he's like, archetypes. Archetypes. And it made me think about that. I'm like, hold on a sec. Huh. How do these characters get their names? Because yeah, sometimes it does go stereotypes, sometimes it does go archetypes. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. <laughs> and that is actually fascinating. That actually is. We're there, yeah. watching a villain team get formed here, and we rarely see any of this. We just always assume. That's true. That like a supervillain just is. He was birthed out of lava or acid yeah. or whatever. It's like, No, this is just a kid with a grudge who's got a lot of money. Yeah. It's kind of like if you watch Kingpin grow up, for the most part. Got a lot of money, becomes this mean old man. Yeah. And starts paying people and putting together his teams. And he's like, oh, I'm so mad that Daredevil blew up my dad with a bazooka. Right. This is actually a fascinating thing. Yeah. it really is. It's one of the few things about this movie that is extremely good. And who knew we'd find it in Chris Mintz's plot? Who knew? (laughs) I think it's like Leguizamo's plot, mostly. Oh, I would I would like to think it is. Just but... to not give Christmas any props at all for this. But it's the he Christmas no, season. Yeah, it is. But he is naming himself Motherfucker. Yeah, that's true. Let's not forget. But that's coming from the same source material that, that provided the, the I don't, villain no. building. Oh, damn it. You're right. So. All right. Mark, Mark Miller. Son of a bitch. He, he did it <laughs> without doing it. Right. I don't know. I'm kind of intrigued to read this. No. Now. I'm good. I, I'm curious. Well. Don't be. There's other things to read that are a lot better. That's true. You only live for you so don't long. You do know. I got a you pretty good idea. have read it. Pretty good idea. I've openly said about Mark Miller that I think the guy knows how to come up with such a great, like, a high-level idea. Sure. And I feel like the execution is poorly done. Like, yeah. Like, he doesn't know how to end a story for the most part. Like, Kick-Ass is a pretty cool story about a kid who just wonders why no one's ever tried to be a superhero. This one is yeah. the same thing for the this most part. This is the same thing, girls. but without the tongue-in-cheek and the, the, yeah. Right, but he also did something like Superman Red Sun, which is an unbelievable story, and the ending kind of is lackluster to it. So it's like mm. you, you understand where you want to go. It's just the final execution of it. He's got that 30,000-foot view. Yeah, but there's not a lot to the, be designed the still from ever's there. It's a cool idea, what he's presenting here. Yeah. Mindy goes on her first date with a boy named Simon. Mostly as a way to prove to Dave and herself that she can live a normal life. Sure. He drives out to the woods for a keg party. Yep. And he's hey. like, Want to hook up? And she's like, no. Yeah, she's like, you're nice, but stupid. Mindy hears something in the woods. She walks over to find Brooke and her friends. And Brooke tells Mindy that she's a loser who messed with the Queen Bee and is now getting stung. Of course, because <laughs> we needed that. Yep. She gets Simon to ditch Mindy and leave her alone they in the call middle it of the date woods. date ditch. Is date ditch an actual thing? I don't know. You got to imagine. That's date that. ditcher. I mean, well, luckily for this movie, no one saw it. So people aren't going to r- replicate this at all. <laughs> So that's good. That is good because this seems like it's problematic to leave somebody in the middle of the woods, yeah, alone. Yeah, yes, that is a problem. She got d- ditched Mindy goes to Dave's house in tears, she expressing like, climbs up through his window. Yeah, and she's like, I just got humiliated. I didn't much care for it. And he's like, No, it's it's cool. You're tough and and beautiful, and he inspires her to be herself to take them on. He's like, Come on, hit girl. She fucking kill all of them. Yep. And she's like, Yeah, oh, you're right. You're right. Kill hit them girl all. Would kill all of right. them. Right. Mindy shows up to school the next day, stunting on everyone in a purple dress and makeup. Yeah. She went full blown. She's all that. She sure did. This is. What is happening here? uh, Why are we getting all these 90s tropes of these high school movies? I don't know. I honestly couldn't tell you. And I want to know so bad. So she takes the high road here, and she's all that's them. Yes. It's like, see, it's all just an act. You'll be sorry. You will be. And they're like, nah, bitch. None of this is an act it's it's on the Queen bitch. Betch. <laughs> Brooke tries to tell Mindy that she'll never live the life that Brooke will. Right. You're never going to live this I'm life, I'm going to have the best batch. life, Betch. <laughs> <laughs> but Mindy responds by pulling out a device that her father gave her that causes vomiting and diarrhea. Yes. Because once again. It's called the six stick. And she tries to take the high road. And fully can still take the high road. It's still a possibility. And she chooses not to. And instead, she uses the six this stick. this movie has no fucking purpose or point. Yeah. <laughs> she uses the stick on the girls, making them puke and shit themselves in front of everybody. Right. This is a much worse version of Stand By Me. Ugh. The pie eating? Yeah. No, that's was good. I almost said, like, I'd rather watch Stand By Me. It's like, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> no shit <laughs> yeah, I Of would, course you would. Because that's a proper good movie. Chris visits his Uncle Ralph, played by... Ian fucking Glenn. Oh, he's so good. Are you kidding me? Everybody's in this movie. He's so, this was like a height Ian fucking Glenn too. Yeah? Yeah. This is the height? Oh, yeah. Not Game of Thrones? Well, he's mid Game of Thrones during this. Yeah, but it's late Game of Thrones where he becomes- Not 2013 it's not. Um, that's what I'm saying is his his peak is late Game of Thrones. Okay, well. He kind of sucked at the beginning of Game of Thrones, let's be honest. <laughs> You're not wrong. He just wanted to, to bone the dragon lady. At the end. And- Kind of all the way through. Did he even know? I Dragon think it was like a love for the Dragon Lady. He was just worried about turning into a monster with his with his grace scale. Is that what it's called? I don't know. I don't You know this. He movie's sucked at first and then he was when fine. I want to talk about Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped watching seasons ago. <laughs> Basically, Uncle Ralph laughs at Chris, especially when he tells him that his name is the motherfucker. So at least the movie's a little bit self aware, but not enough. Not enough. And he has Chris call Javier. Right there while he's in the jail. And one of his men stabs Javier in the throat. Yeah, while he's on the phone. It's while he's real on bad. the phone with Chris. And that's a wrap on John Leguizamo. <laughs> it sure is. Friend of the show. Our best friend. It's true. And this kind of inspires Chris instead of, instead of scaring him. And that's, that's actually decent character development, which kind of was weird to me in this movie. I don't know if it was. No? No, I think it pushed him over an edge that he was already going over no matter what. That's fair. So I think it was more just a catalyst to speed this stupid movie along. Maybe. But I just, I respect Ian Glenn's performance in this movie too much to go. I, you, know, you know what? I'm not going to yuck your yum here. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy anything you want in this. Colonel Stars and Stripes is alone with Eisenhower when he starts barking up a storm. Uh, Eisenhower's dog, yeah. Yep. And the motherfucker shows up with the rest of the toxic mega cunts. Yes. There it is. There's another one. In case this movie... Couldn't do worse. It did it. It was like, we can do worse. Well, it's because I think they wanted to really push the limit because there was so much controversy about Hit Girl saying the C word. Yeah. In the first movie, that yeah. they're like, oh, let's just lean in. This isn't leaning in, though. This is it's lazy. This is lazy as hell. Because this whole movie is lazy. It's so lazy. <laughs> Mother Russia breaks the colonel's legs and impales him with a large blade. Dude, Mother Russia kicks ass. Mother Russia is so good all of the ass. She's amazing. <laughs> Chris finds the address and identity of Night Bitch, and he leaves Mother Russia to break the colonel's neck and decapitate him. Yep. But he tells her to leave the dog alone because he's not that evil. Uh, good. I, yep, Fine. We found the line. That's it. Let's see if we can push it again in the next scene. Kickass and the other Justice Forever team members hear about the colonel's death, and they know that the motherfucker is bragging about it on Twitter, but they can't track his IP address. So Dave goes home to find his dad, played by Garrett M. Brown, In his room, holding the kick-ass suit. And he's like, man, I wish you were doing drugs instead. Right. I'm going to have a character all of a sudden. Yep. Here we go. Remember I was working out earlier in the movie? Make fun of me for that. (laughs) And Dave does. He goes, nobody will remember you when you're gone. And he leaves because his dad doesn't want him to get hurt. All that happens. This is the good guy, mind you. The good guy was like, fuck you, dad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Everybody's getting character developed Dave, do sure. you see it? Do you see uh, all yes. the developments happening? It's, I've, it's amazing. This movie is like the ultimate arrest of development. It really is. Yes, and not in the good way like the show. In the bad way right. like the actual term. Realistically, <laughs> Matthew Vaughn is the Job of this movie because I think after he saw this, after he had passed it off, he went, I've made a terrible made mistake. a terrible <laughs> mistake. Yeah, exactly. Chris and his team make their way down a suburban street and they find Night Bitch's house. They break in. They chase her into a room. Where the motherfucker tries to rape her. Yeah, but he can't get it up. But he can't get it up, so haha, this is a funny rape scene. Yes, that's we all have seen. There are funny rape. This nope. movie is awful. Yeah, Un- it's trying to really push the boundary here. It is. Yeah, and the problem is, is that you have to care in order to push a boundary. Yeah. You have to care. Yeah, and I just don't. At this point, I'm just like, oh, look, it's trying again. At this point, I'm going. I mean, if he rapes her, at least something will happen in this movie. <laughs> And that's a major problem. That is a huge problem. <laughs> so instead, he orders the tumor to beat her up. Well, instead, he turns around and tries to jack off. He does. get it up, and I get to have to watch McLovin yeah. do that. Yeah. And I, I don't need that. Yeah, that's-, that's I don't. Question, especially because you know about those beads. I do. They're up there, <laughs> I think. When they leave, the police start to show up, and Mother Russia brings the ruckus. Oh my God, does she? She launches a full-scale assault Quick on- Quick question. Every officer. Best scene in the movie? Best scene in the movie. Okay, good. Yeah. We're in agreement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every officer who comes by, she takes out single-handedly- She does. Eight cops. It's ridiculous. It's insane. I especially love the part where she takes the lawnmower, yep. puts it on the back of the car, yep. starts it, yep. and then backs the car. They're like, oh, why does she have a lawnmower? And then- the, it drives. Like Why are they the, backing up? It crashes. another the cop car behind it, and the lawnmower goes shooting through the windshield. And it's like. And then lawnmows. Okay. The, the, yeah. Okay. I didn't know I needed that in my life. That felt very Matthew Vaughn to me. I've really enjoyed that. Yeah. It was like he showed up one day and he was like, No, you should do. <laughs> and Jeff was like, Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'll do what you said. <laughs> now, a lawnmower, that is what exactly? <laughs> What kind of what film term is that? Since I'm we clearly already killed still Javier, oh, Jeff, oh, That's no. a problem. Jeff, 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 it's an archetype. What are you talking about? It's a bad joke. <laughs> I apologize for it. I tried to save it, <laughs> and I apologize for that. Yeah, guilty on all fronts. Really, it was a it was a Jeff joke. It wasn't a it wasn't a Javier joke. Was it? Yeah, it was a Javier would think that. Okay, I mean Jeff would think oh, that. Oh, see, fuck. <laughs> There's too many J names. I can't keep them straight. Oh, man. You should have tried out for the girls' varsity cheerleading team with all the tap dancing you're doing around this one. <laughs> Do you think tap dancing would have been more impressive than Brooks' dance? Because apparently you could just punch the air and everybody will be like, that was the best thing I've ever seen. Oh, man. She punched nothing. Ah! <laughs> you're in. You're probably going to be captain. I love how one girl comes <laughs> up to her and says, you're going to be totally captain, bitch. And she's just like, What? Uh, What? That's not how captaincy works. It's not. Maybe it is here. How you just get the high score or whatever. Not another superhero movie. (laughs) Don't. Don't do that. I beg you never to make that joke ever again. So, you know, Mother Russia just killed eight cops. So the New York City Police Department decides to crack down on everybody wearing masks and costumes and... They have the IP addresses of all these people because, of course they do. Right. They say, go out there and arrest them. Marcus is like, no, I'm not kick ass's crew. They do good. And they're like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> New Marcus. Sorry. Apologize to old Marcus. <laughs> Whether they're criminals or not, everybody's getting wrangled up. When they arrive at Dave's house, Mr. Lazowski takes the fall for Dave and is arrested, claiming that he's kick-ass. And everybody's like, yeah, that old man who's way taller than Aaron Taylor Johnson <laughs> is definitely kick-ass. Yep. This all checks out. Perfect. Dave calls Mindy to ask for help, and she's like, I'm grounded because I made the girls poop and and puke. So she's like, I'm not going to help you, even though you're getting arrested right now. (laughs) Or your dad's in jail or whatever. I'm grounded. I'm not going to talk to my new Marcus dad to try to sort all this out, even though secret identities are nothing in this. New Marcus is like, you on the phone? (laughs) And she's like, click. That's being grounded, I guess. I guess so. So Dave goes and visits his dad in the jail, and Mr. Lazuski asks him to promise to never wear the costume again. Right, that's mostly because Dave is just like, people want to kill kick-ass. Yeah. He's like, it's like I'm hey. in jail, dude. I'm good. He's like, I'm safe here. I'm surrounded by cops. I'm in, I'm in jail. Nothing terrible is going to happen today. <laughs> <laughs> One sec. Yeah. I can't believe I had to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I can't believe it. Bloody knuckles. Bloody. It's not even worth it. This scene. It's not worth it. I'm like, the table. no, I know what's going to happen. You don't have to spell it out for me. No, we're Dave- good. Dave can actually just have the last thing he said to his dad be, fuck you, dad, I'm leaving. You don't have to have him go back and go, no, I promise not to ever be kick-ass again. Because that's not a promise he's going to keep because these characters don't have arcs. Right. And this is so stupid. This might as well have been like a Sesame Street joke. Like, this scene is brought to you by the letter D for dumb as fuck. (laughs) Because it's just that obvious. Yeah, it it really is. What are we doing here? Yeah. The first kick-ass is kind of a smart movie in some ways. In some ways. And then there's this. And then there's this. In his villainous lair, the motherfucker is bummed because the shark is immobile. It doesn't move. It just lays at the bottom, oh, the bottom, of, the bottom tank. of the thing. It's just laying there, like that thing's dead. That is a dead shark. <laughs> I actually really like that gag. It is great. He also has loads of fertilizer to make bombs to wreak havoc on the city because. What's Go in- ahead. Say you got it from Javier, Brian. Go ahead. Why would I say that? That doesn't make sense. Because Jav- the lawnmower joke. Javier's dead. Go ahead. Oh, you. Javier died already, Dave. He couldn't have gotten fertilizer from him. Oh, you. Your Fitbit is going to count all those backward steps. It will. They're not my backward steps. <laughs> They're famous director Jeff Wadlow's back steps. Fertilizer bombs. Fertilizer That's bombs. That's his grand plan. He's like, because you're not really a villain if you don't try to blow up the city. Right. With these little fertilizer bombs. Yep. What? A, I mean, he's got all this money. He's paying all these people. He's got this giant lair, and he's yep. going to make these garbage well, bombs. Well, even his minions make fun of him for that idea. They're like, really? Fertilizer bombs? It's the best you got. All right. Todd shows up in his ass kicker costume. New Todd shows up. Right. In his ass kicker costume and inadvertently reveals that, that uh, the man arrested for being kick ass is actually his father. Right. And that kick ass is Dave Lazowski. Yes. And Chrisman says, Really? And he goes, Yeah, but you won't tell him, right? You won't tell anybody. No, of course not. Todd sucks. New Todd is the worst Todd. Yeah. Garbage Todd, really. Garbage Todd. Uh, New Todd just killed. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> Dave's dad. And I'm sure he's going to have repercussions for that at some point. I'm sure he will. In a better movie, he probably would. Dave and Marty are at Marty's place because Marty didn't get arrested for reasons. Right. (laughs) And uh, Dave gets a text from Chris and he's like, oh, remember that guy from the first movie? I haven't talked to him since then. Why is he texting me? I totally killed his dad and now he's texting me. Weird. What's going on here? And then he looks at his phone and he collapses on the floor in anguish. Yeah, because he's got a dead dad now. Yeah, Marty picks up the phone, and there's just a picture of his of his dad on the phone just bloodied and hanged. Yeah. Now he's got all the superpowers, though. It's true. Full-blown it's like, superpowers. Full-blown. His mom died in the first scene of the first movie, and now his dad died two-thirds of the way through this movie. Right. So so why should I feel bad? I, I should feel more excited, because now he could probably fly or something. Right. I like how in the first movie they were like, yeah, I damaged all my nerve endings, so I don't feel pain. Oh, that. And then in this movie they were <laughs> I like- feel so much pain. Yeah, there will be a passing line in this movie about that, but we're mostly going to ignore it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the rules that were established, they're gone. Just like Matthew Vaughn. Gone. Just he's like, I don't know, let Jeff figure it out. <laughs> Dave goes to his father's funeral because that's the next scene. Has to be because funerals get organized real fast. They just, must be Jewish to throw the thing together that fast. Is that a thing? I don't Yeah, Jewish Jewish funerals happen like 3 days after, I yeah, think. Yeah. He did say 3 days. And oh, his last and, name is Lazuski. <laughs> Wasn't that established in the first movie that he's Jewish? Was it? I've Am forgotten the first that? Am I imagining that? It was 100 episodes ago. How well, could I remember? Oh, you're thinking about the Hanukkah scene from the first one. Was there a Hanukkah scene? I don't no. think there was. Why would there be a Hanukkah scene in any of these movies? I don't know. Why would there be any of these scenes in this movie? <laughs> Why haven't we talked about the Hebrew Hammer ever? That's a phenomenal question. I kind of want to do a Stay Tuned, but I kind of don't. I would say Stay Tuned for about 50 episodes. Next year? You want to put it on the line now for us to forget? Yeah, let's let's definitely forget about that for next year. Fair enough. The members of Justice Forever also attend the funeral without costumes because, you know, they're on parole. And then Dave sees Mindy, and she comes over and she consoles him. She's like, yeah, having your dad die sucks, doesn't it? Yeah. And then several tombstones away, the motherfucker's team of minions, who I will not call by their name, start shooting on the funeral attendees, just firing on them. That's it. And, uh, And everyone hides behind one tree. Yep. That's good. Even though there's a bunch of cops there. For exactly this reason, yes. Uh, here are the minions, and they're doing their thing. Yep. And Nothing ab- serves a point in this movie. No, but they abduct Dave, and they they throw him in a van, and they take off. And New Marcus is like, "Where'd Mindy go? Uh, I wonder." <laughs> we got a van that just kidnapped a boy. It's going down Heavy Hand Street, <laughs> Favreau Ave. <laughs> <laughs> Mindy is on the van. Yeah, uh, Mindy is on the Genghis Carnage orders Kickass to put on the suit. Or Dave to put on the kick-ass suit. And he's like, no, I told my dad I never would again. And he's going to stick by that forever. (laughs) For the whole rest of time. Yes. Never going to do it again. Nope. So Genghis Carnage pulls a knife on Dave. And then he's shot in the head from a mysterious gun somewhere above the, yeah, you're right. Mindy's Mindy's on the van. Mindy's on the van. And there's a whole shootout with all the villains. And she miraculously stays attached to this van yep. while climbing all over it. Yes. And then eventually she gets rid of all of them and she pulls a gun on the tumor who's driving and tells him to pull over. And he does. And she's like, all right, I'm going to cut your dick off and feed it to you if you don't tell me the motherfucker's plan. Because that's the movie. That's the movie. Mindy calls Marcus to tell him that the villains are creating fertilizer bombs to bring down the city, which sounds ridiculous even now just saying it. Yes, it does. And new Marcus is like, oh, I better get my cop buddies and head over there. Can you imagine if Marcus what? Went- Oh, that's not that bad. <laughs> okay. Oh, that'll never work. I have paperwork. We'll get there. <laughs> Dave sends out a mass message on Facebook to ask every other wannabe superhero for help. It's good they upgraded from MySpace. From MySpace, yeah. It's good. They had to keep up with the times. That's right. And Mindy's like, oh, all these nerds, they've been jizzing their pants waiting for this moment. And he's like, yeah, but the cops. This movie. <laughs> this movie. I don't think I've ever shaken my head in disappointment more while we were recording an episode. It's fair. I had to go see a chiropractor after this one. <laughs> my, to get realigned. My back does hurt. <laughs> the motherfucker rounds up his army of villains to head out and execute their plan. I can't even say plan without laughing. It's not a plan! This is nothing! Exactly. That's why it's funny. To me. Now. Not while watching. While watching it was not no. funny. But Kick-Ass and Hit-Girl infiltrate the lair. And the motherfucker's like, huh. Just the two of you? You're so hopelessly outnumbered. It's not the two of us. Watch me open this door. Of your lair. Very layer. dramatically. You, this is your lair, but watch how I can open your door. It's like they just said the words, apparently. Yeah. Like, oh, it just it's the two of us? Behind them the stupid giant hangar doors open and everyone walks through. It's like, okay. How lucky are they that like okay? nobody was like, hey, these two look like heroes. We should kill them right now before they say their speech. It's not like Austin Powers of, like, I'm going to put these two in an easily escapable position <laughs> type thing. But the thing is, the first one kind of was that, and that's why this one sucks so hard. Yep. <laughs> Very fair. So, yeah, all these other heroes show up, including Justice Forever. I mean, except for the obvious ones who are either hospitalized or dead already. Kick-Ass throws the first punch, and a large brawl ensues. I like it. It's a battle between non-super-costumed folk. Yeah. Fine. It's like a street fight. I like it. But with people wearing masks. People who want to save the day and people who- Who want to fertilize bomb the city. Who are getting paid a lot. Yeah, basically. To look not even that cool. <laughs> nope. Kick-Ass fights the motherfucker while Hit-Girl takes on Mother Russia. Which is awesome. Is very that is cool. a battle I didn't think I needed, and man, and that is a good one. Mother Russia is kicking her ass. Yeah, but Hit-Girl keeps coming back and finding ways to land shots. Yeah which are barely affecting her. They're not affecting her. I think that's what you're looking for. Yep. Kick-Ass chases Motherfucker onto the roof of the building while Mother Russia nearly kills Hit-Girl. And then Hit-Girl pulls out an adrenaline needle and holds it near Mother Russia, who thinks it's poison. She's like, that's not going to do anything to me. Yeah. And she injects it into Hit-Girl, who then's like, you dumb bitch. Right, she goes like Alita Battle Angel in the eyes. Yeah, and They get all like, big and she gets all fiery. That was adrenaline, and now I can stab you with all this glass. She stabs her with so much glass. So much broken glass. It's insane. Until Mother Russia is is dead. She's yep. Like, ah, something about pricks. Zing. Got her, because dialogue. Yep. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kick-Ass beats the motherfucker's face in as payback for all the people he's hurt and killed, and then- uh. Then the motherfucker falls through the skylight, but Kickass catches him in time because yeah. he's a good guy now. He says, this isn't a comic book. You're going to die. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'll be walking with Jesus or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he says. Also, it should be noted that Kickass is 100% wearing his costume again, even though he told his dad he wouldn't. Well, what daddy don't know don't hurt him. Well, he doesn't know much because he dead. He dead. It took like three whole scenes before he decided to, it's true. to disobey his father's dying wish. It's true. So. I've, I've kept promises a lot. Less than that to my father. I told him I would never do the Pee Wee impression again. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even a good one. I'm I still haven't done it. That's the thing. Oh. Brian keeps doing you've it. You've conned me into doing it for right. you. I do my Pee Wee impression at the movie theater that no one goes to anymore. Cl- I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> so the motherfucker. This is my chair. And this is my other chair named Sticky. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. And. <laughs> You did the impression, so. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. That's a twofer. Right. That's what we call it on the biz. Right. And to give you a visual of how I do it. Gross. <laughs> the two hands in the front, the two hands in the back. Yeah, of course. What are the two hands in the back doing? The anal beats. They're back. Duh. I got a prop from this movie I didn't mean to tell you about. That checks out. <laughs> I hate this movie so much. Well, then let that me finish. I just it. said that I put <laughs> the anal beach in the movie up my own butthole. Because it's funnier because than the it's movie. Because it's funnier than anything in this movie. Is that I'm willing to say that out loud with my mouth? Well, there's a lot of things I've seen you do with your mouth. <laughs> oh, no. We're doing what this movie did. Yeah, it got us. It got us real good. The motherfucker refuses his help and he lets go. Well, actually, he kind of hits Kickass's hand until Kickass is forced to let go. Yep. And he falls and he immediately regrets it. Yeah, because he's going to die. Because he's going to die. But luckily, he lands in the shark tank, which yeah. we already know the shark doesn't move because it's probably dead. And then the shark eats him. It sure does because it's not dead. It's not dead. Cool. So expected. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, he's falling into the water. He's going to be, oh, right, the shark. Ha, ha, ha. This is going to be hilarious. I don't wish for people to be unemployed. Ever, and especially now in the time that we live in with COVID and everything like that. A lot of people aren't employed. Yeah. I don't wish on anybody. No. Jeff Wadlow. <laughs> I had a feeling I knew where you are going. <laughs> he should be like an insurance salesman after this or something. Uh, this world is not built for him. The world of film. Yes. Yeah, that checks out. He had his chances. He has blown it. Yes. He should not be allowed to have more chances. He had a movie come out this year. That's what's wrong with Hollywood. When you think about it. Just failing sideways. No, know what? because they probably said, like, movie theaters are closed. Put out the Wadlow flick. No one's going to see it anyway. We're good. It's Ple- great. <laughs> Pleasure Island. It, it's perfect. Do it. <laughs> it's not finished? I don't care. Apparently, Lucy Hale's been in, like, half of his movies. Who's Lucy Hale? I don't know, but all right. she keeps working with Jeff Wadlow, so she can't be too bright. <laughs> We're big fans of Lucy Hale, whoever that might be. Yeah, maybe a, maybe one day she'll be in a movie that we talk about, and we'll be like, oh, okay, that's oh, who she is. Okay, Mrs. Wadlow, probably. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. The heroes make citizens arrests and detain all the villains, and Justice Forever meets on the roof as a team once more before they retreat to avoid being arrested again. Mindy drops Dave off at home on her motorcycle and says... I gotta oh, leave okay. I gotta leave this city because Yeah, I have to leave this episode because Just talk because n- new Marcus, I can't put him in this position where he's gotta he's gotta worry about me and you know, whatnot. And also I'm gonna do something totally out of character right now. Yep. Yeah, and, yes. And, and me, the fifteen year old actress, I'm gonna I'm gonna kiss this twenty three year old Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah. And it's not going to be weird at all. No, it's oh, going to be totally fucking it's weird. Very man. weird. It's extremely weird. I know. And, and he's like, "What it was are you facetious. doing?" And she's just like, "I just had my first kiss." And then the part that gets me is that Aaron Taylor Johnson is actually famously married to a woman who's like twenty five years older than him. Yep. So it's like the spectrum here. Of now, he's got like a granny kiss. He's got a kid kiss. Doesn't make it a, an adult kiss. It doesn't meet up in the middle. <laughs> they don't average it out. Doesn't average Aaron. out. That's not how it works. That's why you have to keep the Taylor Johnson. Oh my god. This is one of the single dumbest fucking things we've ever talked about. It truly, truly is. You have this awesome character, a fucking hit girl, and then you just ruin it. Oh, it's my first fucking kiss. And I can hear Nick Cage's character Uh. rolling over in his grave going, Ah, fuck you, child! Like, this is the dumbest thing ever, man. I can tell how dumb it is because you've gone full Superman. And you're out of the chair, and you're you're storming around the I, fortress. I am furious at the end of this movie, and I was furious at the whole movie. The ending is the worst part. God damn, this movie, man. This movie sucks hard. That's the end of the movie. They That's, did it. It's not, though. No, it is. In it's my, not. C- talk. Do your last sentence. I know there's one, like, one more. Are there two more? Three more? Four, lie to me. Tell me this is over. She kisses Dave. She fucks off. Yeah. And then Dave puts on a pair of Favreau gloves, and he says <laughs> the, the <laughs> right. world- the world doesn't need a hero who's super, okay. but someone who's brave enough and no. can really kick ass. Become a fucking cop then, Dave. Yeah, Dave. What are you doing here? Well, he hasn't graduated high school yet. Okay. And then we get a post credit scene. Which is Chris alive. He's trying to get some water. He yep. got eaten by the shark. He's missing appendages. Yep. He's like, a shark bit my fucking dick off and I can't get some water? Right. We it gotta is... go to the dick right away because that's well, where we are in this movie. I mean, why not end the movie the way of it's course. been the entire time? And that is kick ass too. Directed by a complete fuckhead, and here we are. (laughs) (laughs) This movie sucks, man. Tell me how you really feel, Dave. This movie's not good. This is one of the worst we've seen by a long shot, and unfortunately, it's got Leguizamo again, and frankly, this is a good Leguizamo. He is a bright spot on this. He's a very bright spot on this. He's really good in this. Yeah. Other people who are really good in this are uh, James Carey, Donald Faison. Yep. I really like the character, the gay character who said he doesn't wear a mask because he doesn't want to hide it. It's like, that's cool that's to me. cool that they gave that's him that cool. line in this movie and, and that's then they didn't have him do that's anything it. else. Yeah. That's all of them. That's all the characters in the movie who I can give a damn about. Because I liked Ian Glenn, but there was no reason for him to be There's in the no movie. There's no reason. Because st- Game of Thrones is popular. Okay, here we go. Get Ian Glenn. This movie is my most hated movie after watching it. Wow. Because of how good the first one was. The yeah. first one is- isn't even great. It's good. It's good. And- Everything that was established there is now just gone. It is absolutely- they And just, here we are! They gave up. They were like, I don't know, make another one. It's a sequel nobody asked for. No. Nobody! Well, maybe people who are a fan of the comic, and they were like, make more. And then they were like, please don't make any more. Yeah, but they even set it up to make another. They sure did. In fact, Matthew Vaughn has said that he's doing a prequel, and then he's probably going to try to push for the third one. I sincerely hope it doesn't go through. Me too. Because it doesn't deserve it at this no, point. Most recently, he's been talking about rebooting it entirely. And why? Just let it let be it done. Go. Let it be done. You, you have had a chance. You had your shot, and you messed it up. Yeah. You, you gave it to Jeff Wadlow. And you know what? Just focus on your 1,200 Kingsman movies that you're making instead. There's so many coming up. So many. Rotten Tomatoes. 1,100. Go. 12. 32. Wow. Too high. Audience scores 57. So even they said- Come on. Uh, Maybe. <laughs> uh, maybe I like that. It's a good impression of the audience. Thank you. Roger Ebert did not see this movie, and he was alive at the time. Someone so, so, else on so RogerEbert.com reviewed this. He actually <laughs> delegated this to somebody else on his own website. Smart. Why don't they gave this thing? What? It's not even stars. It's just a straight thumbs down. Oh, good. Ali Arakan wrote the review for this thing, and I'm going to read a lot of it because. This actually does bring up some really, really interesting things. Okay. And I'm happy this movie's over with and we can get on with our lives, and we'll come back to the, the Superstuff score to the bullshit. But for this, Ali Arakin says, Kick-Ass 2 is one of the year's worst films. Year. Generous. I would like to get that pertinent fact out of the way before we discuss it properly. But for those with hard taste in cinema, questionable politics, and terribly short attention spans, i.e. the target audience of this movie, <laughs> I feel it is my duty to say, don't see this movie. There it is. Do black something else. White. Enjoy the final days of the summer. Solve the crossword puzzle. Call grandma. Do whatever you like. But don't see this reprehensible movie. The part that I want to talk about is their second paragraph okay. of this review, where they say, Criticizing superhero films tends to put the reviewer slightly lower on the ladder of popularity than the bloke that shot Bambi's mother. (laughs) These films have a tightly knit audience. If a critic takes a superhero movie seriously and chastises it for its shortcomings, fans pounce with the old age mantra, it's only a comic book film. Yep. But if a critic dismisses a superhero movie, the fans shout, there is real meaning to this work and you are biased. Wow, kind of crushing it right there. As such, this critic can't win. (laughs) Why is it possible to soberly dissect melodramas, thrillers, even comedies? Is it because they rank as quote-unquote high culture and therefore immune to petty juvenile arguments? Or is it because superheroes have somehow become the embodiment of popular culture and consequently impossible to doubt for fear the whole lot may crumble away? Wow. That right there. Insightful. Just kind of summed up 109 episodes for us, didn't it? It kind of did, didn't it? (laughs) In one paragraph. I always said I was going to talk about all these movies that we talk about as proper film. Yeah. You're the fanboy, I'm the filmboy. Exactly. Oh, I like that. And the way that this is broken down, it's like, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. And the fact is, is that if you want to even take it a step farther, people have no problem saying, like, this Marvel film's the greatest thing that's ever existed. This DC thing, though, pile of fucking garbage. Right. Right. Whereas I would argue that the DC films are doing some more cinematic things than the Marvel movies. Whereas the Marvel movies will hold your hand a little bit more, but they're enjoyable as all hell. Yeah, not incorrect at all. So, when it comes down to it, unfortunately, a line is drawn. As we've discussed a thousand times, people tend to go one way or the other for some reason. For whatever reason. Do you think it's fair? Of course not. But why? Because... Because, again, I will argue that the DC movies are doing things that are more cinematic. Sure. And Zack Snyder has shown that a thousand times. We've said Zack Snyder frames a shot like no one else. That's true, and it's because he just adapts right out of the comic book exactly he yeah, he uses the comic book as a storyboard, right, but do you think it's fair to hold one thing with full entertainment value and one thing in slightly a more artsy value? I guess because I don't know. that's kind of the two ways that I'm going with it. I mean, I feel like we've always been proponents of judging each thing on its own merits instead of comparing it we have been we so, I think we do a pretty good job with that, I do too, so i don't I don't know. Where you would, because you're not wrong. The, the Marvel stuff is definitely more entertainment focused, and the DC stuff is more cinematic. We've also said the Marvel stuff is more story focused, and the DC stuff is more, more character, character focused. focused. Absolutely, but that's also all very early stuff. I feel like the later stuff is kind of blending together and blurring those lines, and they're becoming more similar to each other. Okay, so it's you know it's because like if you look at something like Shazam or something like Shazam's the ultimate blend or and it like confused the hell game. out of people. Endgame did not confuse as many people because Endgame is properly beautiful. Yeah. A, a lot of the ways that it yeah. goes, it and really- And it's extremely character yeah, focused. It is, and it hits so, all the right buttons. So you're, you're getting like, there's they're mixing. They're, they're changing. They're all evolving. And it, why judge it based on the merits of something else? Okay. I think that's very fair. And I think that phase four of what's about to happen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think is going to start to blow those lines even more. Yeah, probably. Because we've already seen it's going to be dark. Oh, absolutely. And we've already seen from the DC stuff, they're getting a little lighter. They're getting a little bit lighter. So I don't know. It's I always consider Marvel kind of the the comic book movies, yeah, and DC kind of more cinematic. The comic book films, exactly. If you, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole separate conversation that yes. I do not care to have on a Kickass Two episode. No, that makes sense. You want people to hear it, <laughs> right? I don't know. This this review blew me away. That's a yeah. I agree. That's a good review. Just to give you a sandwich, they said. To end it, Kick-Ass 2 is a badly made film with a nonsensical plot, lackluster performances, confusing action, excessive violence, and deplorable morals. Avoid at all costs. If you have a date this weekend and they want to see it, avoid them too for forever. Wow. Yes. You know what? Yes. They saved a life today, probably. All of that. There you go. <laughs> I just, what went wrong here? I'm not totally sure. I think that they gave it to a guy. and I mean, it's written directed Jeff Wadlow. Yeah. And he definitely saw the first movie. Right, But I feel like he didn't get the takeaway that you're supposed to get from the Some, first movie. He missed something. There's like, a lot of charm to the first movie. Absolutely. It's very tongue-in-cheek and over-the-top for the sake of, yeah, we're doing what would happen if a real person was a superhero, but we're also going to blow it out to a level that like could never happen. It's excessive, Yeah, and it's over-the-top, and that's what makes it fun. And he tried to like ground this one in realism, and it just doesn't work. It doesn't ground it in realism. If anything, he pulls it farther out, and he throws it in just a teen comedy. I feel like that's where we're... I think that's you think what he thinks realism. is the realism, is he tries to make it like, oh, this is how teenagers really are. See, that's uh, that's really, really tricky. And I think, you know what, before we get into the one-star reviews, because there are one-star reviews. Of course there are. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Let's talk about him. Let's. Jim Carrey very, very famously spoke out against this movie, despite being in it. I don't. Did he speak out against it, or did he just say, I don't want to promote it? He spoke out against it. And it's because during the summer before this movie came out in June 2013, Jim Carrey put out a tweet saying, I did kick ass a month before the Sandy Hook shootings, and now, in all good conscience, I cannot support the level of violence that's in this movie. So he's not actively promoting this thing when everyone else is promoting this thing. Right. He's been openly outspoken about gun control and all those things, and it makes it tricky because this is an actor who... Understood what he was going into at the time. Yeah. Understands that the movie's called Kick-Ass. The first one exists. You know the level of violence that's going to be there. Yeah. And it got to the point that after he out, was like very outspoken about this, that Mark Miller even came back and said, I'm baffled by this sudden announcement as nothing seen in this picture wasn't in the screenplay 18 months ago. Yeah. Yes, the body count is very high, but a movie called Kick-Ass 2 really has to do what it says on the tin. A sequel to the picture that gave us Hit-Girl was always going to have some blood on the floor, and this should have been no shock to a guy who enjoyed the first movie so much. Yeah. Which yeah. totally checks out. Yeah. He also said, uh, Mark Miller said, that he was delighted by Jim Carrey's disapproval of the film's violence. He said it was like saying this porno has too much nudity. <laughs> Uh, I get it. I get where you're going with it. But Mark Miller also goes on to say something a little more interesting. This is in a Guardian article from 2013. He says, Like Jim, I'm horrified by real-life violence, even though I'm Scottish. Which, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) But Kick-Ass 2 is not a documentary. Right. No actors were harmed in the making of this production. This is fiction, and like Tarantino and Peckinpah, Scorsese and Eastwood, John Borman, Oliver Stone, and Chanwalk Park. How dare you, first of all. (laughs) Kick-Ass avoids the usual bloodless body count. Of most big summer pictures and focuses instead on the consequences of violence. Okay. Our job as storytellers is to entertain, and our toolbox can't be sabotaged by curtailing the use of guns in an action movie. And that got me thinking to a lot of the stuff that we talk about. Yeah. Half the fucking universe gets snapped at some point in the MCU. That's true. Is that any worse than watching someone get, I don't know, murked in a jail cell in this thing? There's no blood? There's no blood. That's what he says. It's the bloodless body counts. <laughs> right. If you watch Batman vs. Superman, you obviously get them tearing down buildings and stuff like that. Yeah. Is that worse? Because the right, body because... count is through the roof on those things, but it's bloodless. Right. They're not showing that there's real stakes. Does a film like this actually deal with the consequences of said violence? I think in theory- In theory. It deals with it on the audience end, but on the actual character end, I no. Mean, there's no remorse for it. None. None whatsoever. And there's hardly an effect on these characters. Right. Like, none of them have grown or changed since the beginning of the movie. Correct. Which is, you know, usually what you want for your characters it's in the important. movie. It's It makes it worth watching. But I don't know. It was really interesting to hear James Carey speak out against this and then yeah. Mark Miller say, What are you doing? Yeah. Like, this actually doesn't make sense. Right. It's a weird spot to like plant your flag, I guess. Yeah. It's a weird hill to die on. It should be no. It's a hill that you should have died on back when the shootings happened in December. Right. It should also be noted that Jim Carrey's character in the movie has a gun, but it's never loaded. He intentionally carries around a non-loaded gun. Right. He could have defended that part of it as well, Right. but, but all of it was very weird. Very strange. You want some one-star reviews? Yeah, might as well. Now that we've gotten too deep into this Let's hear from some of bullshit. monsters who agree with us. <laughs> this movie's got a 4.5 out of 5 on Why? Amazon.com. There's 3,800 reviews. 72% are five-star, which is very low. That's very low. 3% are one-star. Most of them just said this movie sucks. Assholes for yeah. the most part. Don't okay. even bother. Stick a straw in an asshole and start sure. sucking and and you might get gasoline during Christmas mom's right. anal beads. Yeah, you never know. It's like boba tea. What's that? The little tapioca balls. Is that you never had boba? No. Oh, oh, it's the, delightful. I, I no bubble tea. That's okay. That's but yeah. I know it as never had it either way. But <laughs> well, you were talking about sticking a straw in an asshole. Is that where boba tea comes from? Definitely not. Okay. Like, I know Boba Fett, quote unquote, <laughs> died in the Starlack pit. Oh. That's like an asshole of a desert. It sure is. That's nothing to do with any of this. Desert asshole. It has <laughs> okay. nothing to do with bubble tea. Got it. Now that we've established that, from July 31st, 2015. Horrible movie. It's obvious why Cage didn't want to be in it. Well, his character was dead. Yes. So yes, it was. <laughs> that makes it more difficult, but I mean, crazier things have happened in movies. You're not wrong. Can't wait to see Wonder Woman. I'm so excited to see Wonder Woman. Next week. Ah, oh, man. I'm so fired up. It's, it's like a week and a half, but still. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, everything in me is so excited for that movie to come out. Me too. Very excited. From March 8th, 2014, Bugs Bunny cartoons have better drama, action, and better dialogue <laughs> than this full-length movie. This movie really, really sucks. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I agree. Bugs Bunny. <laughs> much more enjoyable. Would much rather watch Space Jam. Yes, please. Stay tuned. I'm just going to keep saying that whenever we bring up Space Jam. Okay. It's not on the schedule. It's it's a fun pun because stay tuned. Okay. So into I did there? I, I got it. Thank yep. you. With O's. That sounds like a future Patreon thing. Mm, maybe. we got too much going on on Patreon. There's, there's a lot going on over there. <laughs> I've stopped writing down the things we say, maybe we'll do that on Patreon. So, yeah, that's very fair. So maybe we point. will, maybe we won't. Go subscribe to Patreon to see if we do it. We'll or tell don't. you what we're doing when we're doing it, but- <laughs> From March 5th, 2014, had this movie on hold at our local library, but oh, decided course. to rent it on here earlier. Why? Wish I would have waited. Yeah. You're going to watch it either way. What's the difference? Well, they paid for it this way. Okay. That's, you know what? I did not put that together. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Ugh. That actually would be a pretty big kick in the dick. Yeah. Or the ass, too. <laughs> You uh, should have wrote this screenplay. It would have been better. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I at least understand the characters should change over That's the course of a movie. Right. That's how most films should work. The last one I have is from January 28th, 2014. When I read the online news about how Jim Carrey was disappointed with the level of needless violence, I laughed. I thought Jim had gotten weird or something. Guess what? He was right. This movie doesn't have half. is in, like, cut in half. <laughs> H-A-L-V-E have half the heart the first one did, and it shows. It's a mindless grab for more money with lots of people who are not people. Uh, Yeah, sure. They are just sacks of blood roaming around waiting to be popped. (laughs) I kind of like that visual. (laughs) I understand this is a violent movie. It's not that violent. It's not that violent. It's not that bad. No, no. If anything, it's it's the lack of heart and, and knowledge of what it actually is. Right. It's not self-aware at all. No, not even a little bit. The violence is nothing. It's actually almost nothing. It's no worse than anything else we've talked about. Oh, absolutely not. Please, 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 let's give this thing a, uh, I can't believe I'm going to say it, Super stuff score. You know that we can't do that yet. And now for another edition of The Caped Podcast's Theater. I absolutely love that you brought up teen movies. Really? Because Keaton Patty, a uh, comedy writer extraordinaire that we love bringing up every week recently on our podcast, he forced about to watch over a thousand hours of teen movies and then asked to write a teen movie of its own. And this is the first page. Dave, in this one, you're going to be playing the part of Zach, Bike, and Amber. You've Amber? You have three roles. I got Amber. Amber. I'm going to be doing the narration as always, and also the parts of Chad and Stacy. This is fantastic. I do want to say that last week Keaton Patty did get recognized by the New Yorker. Oh, good for, for him! For having one of the best jokes of 2020. Oh, really? Yes, he did. His joke was one of the best tweets, according to the New Yorker. So take that for what it's worth. And his tweet that got all the the lols was absolutely disgusting. I just saw a human centipede crawling around outside, and the guy at the front of it wasn't even wearing a mask. How selfish can you be? <laughs> that is very good. <laughs> that is so on brand for him. Wow. <laughs> Keaton Patty's brilliant. He really is. This is going to be teen movie action. Interior, high school hall, three boy jocks, Zach, Chad, and Bike. Chad. Chod, Talk <laughs> masculine, while bouncing basketballs off janitors. They are the state football team. I have to do, like, voices for this now. You do, because like, there's so many parts. How was big date, Chad? Did you have intercourse with third base? I ditched my virginity. Sex is like a pie. Impossible without apples. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sex by June, or Dad will make me enlist in the Old Navy. Stacy, a girl with loser DNA, opens a locker, outpours the <laughs> books about wearing glasses, that are her friends and family. Being weird has consequences. Amber, a cheerleader for STDs, scrapes old eggs on Stacy. Oop, thought you were a trash can. I was wrong. You're tons uglier. 341 students laugh. <laughs> the school is famous for ugly trash cans. Stacy is so outcast, Zach, date her as prank, turn love into a weapon. Date nerd? Against popularity law? Amber cartwheels to the boys. She is all midriff. Say out my house's party? It is my house's birthday. My parents have never been in town. Zach, joke date Stacy to the party. <laughs> Zach stares at Stacy. <laughs> Stacy squeezes eggs from her glasses and her hair's glasses. Without glasses, Stacy actually looks like a pie, the thing all boys lust for pelvically. Well, she's hot enough to matter. The sex prank, yes! Bing it on! This will become bad because Zach does not know Stacy switched bodies with his mom just a few years earlier. <laughs> That's the most key and peel thing I think we've ever done there. <laughs> I think you're right. My yeah. <laughs> can I please give this like a superstuff scar batch? Fine. We can give it a superstuff scar batch. Thank you, batch. Story and motivation. What story? What motivation? I don't know. I was asking you. Fair enough. Uh, for Kick-Ass. Kick-Ass wants to not be Kick-Ass and be Kick-Ass again, but then not be Kick-Ass and then be Kick-Ass again. And have to be Kick-Ass again. Right. That's anyone. his arc. Right. That's nothing. Nope. Uh, go zero? Hit-Girl wants to be Hit-Girl, but then- Doesn't want to be Hit-Girl. New Marcus, Marcus doesn't hit. want her to be Hit-Girl, right. so she stops being Hit-Girl and tries to be a real girl, but then realizes that Hit-Girl is a real girl and then goes back to being Hit-Girl. So she ends up at the and end of the same place- then stops being Hit-Girl and will presumably become Hit-Girl again in another city. It seems like she doesn't want to stop being Hickory, girl, and that's why she's leaving the city. Fair enough. And I'm. you know what? For what it's worth, I'm very surprised after she kissed Dave at the end and drove off that she didn't say, I'll call you in three years when I'm 18, or something like that. That something was insanely 100% creepy. the tone of this movie, so it wouldn't have surprised me. Like that. Me. I'm going to have zero. Zero. I like that. I think that's appropriate. Hero. Or heroes. Probably zero. Again. Pro- probably. It um, got close to, uh, to a .25 when they were in the soup kitchen. I like that a lot. I did really like that. But then the rest of the movie happened. Yeah. And like they had, they had things happen to their parents, and and it didn't really matter that much. Right. They were sad for three days, but we didn't even see those three days. Nope. And then they were like, all right, now I'm going to be kicking out. They did save the day from being fertilizer bombed. <laughs> Great. Still a zero? Still a zero. Okay. <laughs> Villains. I'm going to go negative one. Mother Russia. I'm going to go negative 0.5. Really? Still that low? Still that low. Explain yourself. Because we got female characters coming up. Okay, I'm going to go zero because we have female characters coming up. Fair. (laughs) Parents, or is this one teamwork? This one's probably going to be parents. We have a dead dad. Yeah, we have a dead mom. We have a dead mom. We have an on-screen dead dad. I think that's a one. That's a one. By the rules, that's a one. And we have a dead dad in the first movie of Mindy. She's not the- But- but, It's kick-ass. It's it's kick-ass. in the title. Right. Female characters. Mindy. Mindy. Should be awesome. Should be and she is not and, and was in the first movie and she was incredible in the first movie and mother Rush is incredible mother in this. rush is perfect in Katie this movie. sucks real Katie hard. they destroyed her entire character the mean from the first girls movie. are a thing the mean girls are a thing and are on brand but this is but it's not a good a brand kick-ass yeah movie it shouldn't be they shouldn't be there at all in fact yeah well no there's they're serving hit girls arc. <laughs> Minus one I think that's fair and that's, it's real bad and that's with the awesome Mother Russia, right? Setting, New York Pinewood Studios, England, because I believe it was filmed. Yes, all at Pinewood Studios, yes. England. In fact, Chris Mintz's lair was an actual like storage facility at Pinewood that they used to shoot, and then they <laughs> there you go. they knocked it over and built another soundstage. I'm gonna go a zero. I mean, it, you see New York in the background, you but do. it's clearly green screen. They, the they reference they referenced Long Island once. Oh, neat. Like, oh, because your dad died, we got a movie out to Long Island. <laughs> Uh, like I said, zero. Zero. Zero it is. This is style well. and tone. So what did we give the 1st kickass in Style and Tone? You're going to make me scroll back a hundred episodes? I am. I'm curious. I feel like there was a Style and Tone to that. We gave it a one for Style and Tone. This doesn't really build on it all that much. I like the homemadeness of the no. heroes, the Justice Forever. Yes. I do appreciate that. Yep. But then the rest of the movie happens. The rest of the movie kind of is a problem, especially when you talk about tone. Oh, the tone is a killer. Tone is an absolute killer. I want to go zero, but there's a part of it wants to go 0.25 for the, the heroes for Justice Forever. Okay. Like, I like the parents also. I who especially lost their love kid. the parents, and they're wearing, like, yeah. the, the lost uh, boy picture right. on Right. It their makes shirts. it feel like like they have a reason for going out yeah. in the streets trying to do good. Yeah. I'm going to go 0.25 for those parents alone. 0.25. Because they're very good, and they. And I like yeah. the backstory on, on Insect Man. He's fantastic. He's great. I wish they'd given him more to do. Yeah. Music. What music? I have no idea, Henry Jackson. Yeah, again because got a paycheck for doing what Matt Matthew I don't Vaughn. Know. So it has to be Henry Jackson, <laughs> right? But Jackman, right? Jackman, my bad. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. I didn't notice the music at all in this movie. I didn't either. Zero, not at all. Done. Zero. One. One a lot line. of zeros. A lot of zeros. One-liners. I hate most of them. The ones that are supposed to be there. I, um, I usually in my notes underline a one-liner. Okay, I'm looking here. For things that I underlined, and the only one that I have underlined is let's go out there and try to have fun. That's or a else good what's one. the point? It's a good one. But is it worth a point two five, that line alone, from James Carey? No. That's a zero. No, I don't I don't think that it is. It's very good. I'm trying to think if there are any other one liners, like at all, that I can think of. Pants on fire. I hated that. That was oh, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, zero. Zero just for you reminding me about that. Impact on the genre. I mean it killed the franchise. It made them, did it though? It paused the franchise. It paused the franchise real hard. For seven years. That's It, it pulled that's a walk a hard. That's a kill. <laughs> that's definitely a kill shot in my mind. Yeah. I mean, Jeff Wadlow's still getting work, but <laughs> not not. Close not to in the genre though. I'm going to go zero I think again. zero is, is generous. Uh, that's going to give Kick-Ass 2 a total score of .25. Okay. I'm surprised it's positive. Yeah, me too. Tell you the truth. So somehow, Spawn is still worse. Spawn is so bad, though. Spawn is, like, offensively bad. But at least John Leguizamo is tolerable in this movie. He's great in this movie. Exactly. He shines in this movie. Yeah. He's run this whole spectrum between two movies yeah. that both got very bad scores. Yes, that's exactly it. So that means these, these movies both worked independently of John Leguizamo <laughs> to be bad. Not his fault. Our best friend, friend of the show, John Leguizamo. Can we redeem this somehow? We, by, can, we can try. By what we're going to talk about next week? Yeah, I think so. What are we talking about next week? Next week, we're going to be celebrating the holiday, Christmas season. That joke needs to die along with this movie. And it will. Yay! Because next week, we're going to be talking about Jingle All the Way. It's Turbo Time! I have not been this excited for a movie in a while, to tell you the truth. I can't believe it's taken us a 100 and ten episodes to finally get to talk about Arnold. Yeah, it's amazing, right? This was what I wanted to cover. Our first Christmas. Yes, we pushed it out because we wanted to do Batman Returns instead. Right, the horniest movie ever made. Ever. And then we did. <laughs> and then we did. We wish you a Turtles Christmas. Which, yes. Why? <laughs> why did go we do listen. that? That is a fun episode. It's fun. It's a twenty-minute movie too. So so good on YouTube. If you want to, if you want to put yourself through that, us and Sean and Mitch get really drunk and talk about Turtles. It's great. <laughs> it almost got the same score as Kick Ass 2, but it was negative 0.25. Yeah, so yeah. That gives you an idea of how that went. It was great. It was so much fun. Have you ever seen Jingle All the Way? Of course. Yeah, it's pretty damn good. It's in my so mind. good. It's one of those like awesomely bad movies yeah. that I am so excited to talk about. I'm just I, I'm happy that we're getting we're getting the Schwartz. Yeah, and R- the Sinbad. Sinbad. More importantly, who just suffered a stroke recently? So our thoughts are with him, obviously. Obviously. And uh, yeah, and, and whoever that kid is, he's in it too. It's the same kid from Santa Claus, right? Is it? Is it? I don't know. All kids look the same to me, so I don't- Well, that's weird. You have to. Yeah, i And I'm they aware. look the same. One of them walks, one of them doesn't. And that's then I how get you... really confused when they have to go down the stairs. Sure. Like, which one are you? <laughs> <laughs> Guess we're finding out. <laughs> oh my God, Jingle All the Ways from 1996. Yeah. I did not know that. We're also going to have Phil fucking Hartman. Yes. Rita fucking Wilson. Oh my God. Oh, dear God. What? It's not the same kid. It's Jake Lloyd. Brian's giving me a look like he doesn't know who Jake Lloyd is. Jake Lloyd? From Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace fame. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I don't remember him being in Shingle all the way. Right before he did, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. You as could have told me it was Anakin Skywalker. Anybody else. And I would have been like, yeah, that's the kid. But now that you say it, I can picture him holding the Turbo Man doll, and yeah, it's 100% him. Okay, this just got more interesting. Yeah, I'm going to have to put the cookie down! <laughs> <laughs> it took every ounce of strength that I had for this movie that when the tumor was on screen for me not to yell, it's, it's not a tumor! tumor! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Prepare yourselves for copious Arnold impressions next Can't week. wait. And you have more Arnold to talk about, because you're going to be talking- Predator. I am. With the Experience on Grind On Experience Grind, which is either Soon. come out or is out. So, Good job or good luck. Thank you. That's what that movie's called. I did great. <laughs> right? Or I'm going to do great. I can't wait to have heard it or did hear it. Yeah. Sounds like a good time. That's great. <laughs> Copious Arnold impressions there too. I believe. We'll see. So until next week, be sure to rate, review, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at Kate Podcasters. There's links to all of those on our website, katepodcasters.com. Go to it. Brian did a great job. It's awesome. Thank you. Put a lot of time to that, and I continue to every week when I post the new episode. There you go. Oh, I'm going to have to update the counter at the bottom that, that counts down to the most recent movies because Wonder Woman's going to come it's out. Coming. It's coming real fast. Check us out on Patreon, where we're putting out all sorts of exclusive content for our, our patrons. Fun stuff. Neat stuff. Slick stuff. Don't forget to subscribe, especially for this month. Yes. Subscribe to our show so you get that one-day sneak peek. That auto-download that's going to happen on December 25th for a Patreon episode that you normally wouldn't get. Yeah. One day. One day only. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, that's spoiler alert. That's what it is. We've said it. (laughs) We've said it. It's a wild episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's insane. Uh, It's one of my favorite we've ever done by a long shot. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. If you have any questions or comments, send them to katepodcasters at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook. And I think that's all I got. Well, I guess we're going to see you next week then for Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way. Same pod time? Same pod. Thanks for making Dave's lame again. So, Brian, yeah, that is Kick-Ass 2. It is. What do you think happens post-credits? I think we get an actual IMDb trivia. Uh, we don't, because I told oh, you. Oh, God, my heart has skipped beats. <laughs> I told you. I wasn't going to do that to yeah, you. Yeah, but you lie. You're a liar, when, Brian. When? Name one time. Just what? Yeah. Maybe you don't lie. Maybe you got a don't. heart of gold, and May- I don't know it. Maybe. So, anyway, what I think actually happens after the credits is uh, we see tommy's mother and father you know remembering tommy the the superhero duo sure and they see somebody at this 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 brawl between the heroes (laughs) and the villains and they're like that kid looks real familiar and he's like hey who's that on your shirt and they're like oh this is our son tommy we've been looking for him forever and he's like oh my name's tommy and they're like perfect new tommy oh god This adopted a kid out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, new Marcus, new Todd, new Tommy. Yeah, perfect. Dave, what do you think happens? What I think happens is that since this movie is so loaded with everyone, every actor's in this movie, I'm yeah. convinced at this point, is that during the scene where Todd, new Todd, has come in and he's showing off his ass kicker outfit, <laughs> Yeah. Adam Sandler walks in and he looks at Dave and he goes, scuba dave damn you and right away dave goes no 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 i I, this is my original outfit he looks at todd and he's like scuba todd damn you